The following sermon was preached at Tower View Baptist Church. We are a gospel-centered, relationship-driven church that exists to know, grow in, share, and serve Jesus Christ. We do all this for the glory of God. For more about us, please check out our website at www.towerviewkc.com. Tireview. It's always a privilege to come back home and to spend time with my church and to just be here with you. So thank you so much for all of your support financially and prayerfully. And just I, I, I know that, that um, when I'm out there, I have, I have people, I have a, I have a church, a group community of people behind me, and it's, it's really empowering. Um, just to uh, introduce myself a little bit more, uh, so my name is Luke. I always have to start an introduction, even if you've already interacted. Um, I've been a part of this church as a missionary for the last four years. Uh, I grew up in Liberty, not far away from here, and then I moved around a bit when I was in my teens and came back around uh, when I was 20. And I, I had this—I knew I had this call for international uh, missions on my life, and I was just looking for where to um, where to where to fulfill out that call. And God opened the door for me to go to some missions training, and so I went through the, this mission school finished the training, and I, I still didn't have a clear steps for, for what God had asked me to do, and so I just came back to the church, came back here to Tower View, and I said, well, I, I don't know, I know that I've got this calling coming at some point, it's going to send me somewhere else, um, but for now I'm here and I want to serve, and uh, that, that's always uh, been my heart wherever, wherever God has put me, and I think that's a really valuable principle, um, and even just in the, what, what, you know, what ended up happening in, through that is we me and a, a group of others, uh, with the encouragement of uh, Pastor John Davis, the previous pastor here, uh, just started going door to door in the neighborhood and just interacting with people and asking what are the needs, uh, looking for opportunities to share the gospel, um, just even just putting a, a face on the building that they, they often would drive by, you know, um, just to, to see what other opportunities God would create. And it's been really cool to know that Darren and a group of others have been starting, have done that for a while now. And uh, I just, it's so simple. And I, I, sometimes I, I think even, you know, in my work, uh, I'll show a video here to give some context, but uh, it, it's really good to have just simple. Sometimes you just need to just go share the gospel on the street in a simple way and, and don't try to be complicated about it um, and just push yourself out of, out of your comfort zone. And so I, I, that was a, a, I really loved, enjoyed doing that, and it's really cool to see that happening again. Um, my, my family is here, my dad, my mom. And my wife are, are here and other, my other parts of my family, so it's really cool to have them here. We've been married for seven months, my wife Anya and I. She's survived that seven months with me, so she's a pretty tough, tough Polish independent woman. <laughs> um, yeah, so just to introduce what the, the, the ministry I work with here shortly before uh, I go into, into the Word and... Um, th- I work with Steiger International is the name of the ministry. Our heart is global youth culture. So 18 to 35 young people in uh, every major city around the world. And what we've, what we've seen is that young people are, are so connected with the same uh, ideologies, the same perspectives, this, the same um, ways of thinking. They're listening to the same music, watching the same movies, um, sharing the same Facebook posts, and just I- extremely connected and the, the ideology that's, that's predominant in this, uh, in this demographic is secular humanism, this idea that separate from God, 
Um, man is the center. Man is the, um, the point of importance. Um, any problem can be solved by man. Um, any, everything is, is available to us for us. Um, we each individually decide our own truth. Uh, and, there, and there's a lot of different aspects of that that have uh, been, that are communicated um, through Western media and, and, and Western ideologies. And people all over the world, from Berlin, Germany, to um, Istanbul, Turkey, to Beirut, uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, um, Sydney, Australia. I've had conversations with people in all of these places uh, that it's just the same, the same ideas that I see are, are being influenced. And so our heart as a mission is, is to, to co- go to them and clearly uh, tell the truth and in, in their language. So uh, I'll show, I'll explain a little more. So um, my, my main responsibility is that we work organizing uh, large outdoor events, outdoor concerts in center squares uh, across especially Europe, but also in these other places into the Middle East, in Brazil, New Zealand. Uh, and we use this opportunity of a live concert of music and art as the language uh, to communicate who Jesus is. And in coordination with local churches, my responsibility is to organize these concerts, um, working with local church leaders and getting the permissions and working on the promotion and doing the follow-up and making sure there's clear uh, plan in place for, for how to receive the people who, who want to know more about Jesus or gave their life to Jesus. And uh, it's, I'll, I'll show you a video here, let it speak for itself. Um, but it's just been incredible how God has really put his power in, into this tool um, because it's just, without God, it's just a tool. Uh, but with his power, it, it's just been amazing to see the fruit. So if you don't mind playing that video, give a little context. on shows. Um, we ended up with 14 days that we had and so we said we want to do 14 shows. So we were able to get permission for 13 of them and there was this one that, that was just not happening and we were praying the day before and we were praying in the morning and then right when we started our prayer time in the morning I got a message from our organizer Zabri and he said we've got a show it's, it's you know 20 minutes away and God always does incredible things. His backup plan is, is the best plan, it's the primary plan, and it's incredible when we get to see God moving that way. You were created by God. But God is not far away. God is a good father. But the most important thing he did was he died and he rose again. He defeated death. Because of this, you can know your father again. You want to know Jesus tonight. Turn all your friends in this beautiful square. Turn all your friends in this beautiful square. 
Jesus, I just accept you as Lord. Jesus, I just accept you as the Lord. I invite you to come into my life. There's just a, just a few things I want to highlight from that video, um, and just in, that'll tie into the message this morning. I, we need to communicate in the language of the people that, that we're interacting with, and a lot of the, the lies that are in this, uh, this secular humanistic culture is that if God exists, you know, he, he's very far away. He's, he's not interested. Um, if he's there, then he, he doesn't care about your problems. He doesn't care about the pain. Look at all the evil in the world. There's no way. And so it, one of the things we, we really clearly show is just how God's uh, heart is really broken for the pain, for the, uh, the evil and, and the hurt that's in the world. Um, we, we explain, you know, God is not far away. You heard uh, Ben in their, their preaching. Um, another idea, a concept is that it, if, you, if you weren't created, then you're just, an exp- you're just a result. You're, you're, you're an accident. It just, the, the things lined up and it just happened. And that's your, your purpose. And it's, it's cl- a significant difference than the truth that God created us for a purpose, that we were created for good works in advance to, to have an impact on this world, um, not just to be self-serving and self-seeking. And this is a, um, one of the clear lies that, that really people see. They understand the, 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 the truth in it. Um, they know that if you're just looking to, to give things for yourself and you're just trying to serve yourself, that it's empty. And uh, we want to cr- communicate the, to this, this lie that's in that, that we know is there um, and communicate the truth to it. So that's, uh, that's, a, that's a bit of our heart as a mission. That's one of the ministries that we have. That's the one that I'm most directly involved in. Um, and uh, yeah, we've, it's been a privilege just to see all kinds of fruit in all kinds of places. Um, with, with this kind of role, uh, I'm, I'm working with churches, probably 50, 60 churches uh, in, in any given year um, in about 15 to 20 countries. And so uh, the, 
um, it's, it's a real privilege that I get to see kind of a broad perspective of, of some of the challenges that are, that are in the church, that are in our church globally. Um, and the title of this message is You Need to Know Them. And I, I think this is a, a, a really key thing in our uh, global church, a really big need um, in our global church that we need to know the people we're trying to reach. We need to know the people that, that are not in this church. We need to know each other, yeah, but the, the, the problem is we're, 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 not, we're separating our, our lives too often um, from people who are not in the church and people who don't know Jesus. And I want to just look at uh, some, some of uh, what Jesus, how Jesus in, uh, engaged that problem. So uh, if you have your Bibles, if you could please turn with me to John 4, and I'll start with verse 6. That's John, John 4, verse 6. So just to give the context here, uh, Jesus is traveling from Judea to Galilee, um, and uh, he decides to take the route that goes through Samaria. Uh, Samaria is the region where uh, it, originally when the, 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 the tribes of Israel uh, split, when the two kingdoms split, and you had Judah and Israel, Israel, um, they intermarried with different people, with the people groups there, um, and this broke God's covenant. So not only did they intermarry physically and have, have children together, but they also inter- intermarried with, with their religious practices, and they took on the gods of um, Baal and Ashtoreth and the, the different gods that were in this region. And by, by doing so, they, they, they broke God's covenant and, and separated, um, separated themselves from him. And so for the Jews, who were the, 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 pure, uh, the pure people, the, the Samaritans were, were a half-breed. They were maybe as, as good as dogs. Um, they, you wouldn't even, uh, rec- you wouldn't touch, you wouldn't receive something from a Samaritan. You wouldn't probably speak to a Samaritan um, as, a, as a Jew. And so Jesus is traveling through Samaria, and we, we pick up in verse 6, and we see uh, he's at a well in, the, in, the, in one of the towns there. So I'll read from 6 through to uh, 26. So Jacob's well was there, and Jesus tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you are with now is not your husband. What you have said just, what you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, 
A time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We, we worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Oh God, I just ask that you would uh, just reveal your truth from this. Reveal your character from, from your word, God. Thank you that, I mean, there's, there's so much uh, that, that is so applicable in this, in this passage, in, in every passage, God. And I, I just ask that you would show us what, what is the word you have for us this morning and that you would speak to our hearts individually, and you would apply it to our lives individually, God. We, we're a big group of people, and we have a lot of different dynamics in, in each of our lives, and there's a lot of differences, uh, but your truth is relevant for each one of us, God. And I, I just ask in your name, Jesus, that uh, you would really just uh, let your word be sharp, and let it cut to each of our hearts, let it cut to my heart, God, and uh, just show us how, how, this is, uh, how this is meant to be applied in our lives. Amen. So, as I said, the title of this message is, You Need to Know Them. The first thing that you need to do if you want to know, know people, you need to go to where they are. You, you need to interact with them. You, know, you see Jesus here. Uh, he's, he's going to this city, and he's sitting by the well. This is, this is a common place. People are going to be here, you know, coming all, all day long. You, you, f- you need water, and they don't have sinks in their, in their houses. So, and every time they want to get water, they have to go to the well. So this is a, a meeting place in that sense, that you will, you will meet people when you go there. Um, it says that, that, you know, the disciples had gone into the town, and Jesus was there. I'm, I'm, I'm just imagining, but I imagine that Jesus could have asked his disciples to give him a drink of water if, if he liked. I'm sure that they would have been willing to get him a drink of water. Um, but I- instead, he uses this opportunity with this Samaritan woman. He's going to, we, we need to, to go where people are, go where the people we want to reach are in their context, in their situation. And he engages her. You see that he speaks to her. Would you give me a drink? And it, it seems like a simple question, but, but actually, culturally, this is, this is extremely radical. This is a very countercultural question. Would, would you, a Samaritan woman, give me a drink? Give me something that I will, I will ingest, that I will put into my body. You know, Jews were very, it's very important to, to be clean for a Jew, spiritually clean, and to, to interact with a Samaritan, to take something from a Samaritan that when they've touched it, it becomes unclean. And so for them to, to uh, for him to ask her for a drink of water, it, it's a completely radical uh, question. And in one aspect, it also shows her value, that he, he doesn't see her as something less that he can't even receive a drink of water from. But he, he acknowledges her as a, as a, as a person, as a, um, a daughter created by God, that, uh, that she has value. <coughs> God's, we often see this in, in Jesus' heart, where, where he's going to where people are. Um, he tells a story in Luke 15, the, the parable of the lost sheep, and presenting himself as, as and Jesus is the, the good shepherd here. And he says that the, the good shepherd leaves his 99 sheep in the pen, 99 righteous, amazing, great, beautiful 
sheep, leaves them in the pen, and he goes after this one sheep. And maybe you can imagine that you have 100 sheep. If I have 100 sheep, and 99 of them are really good sheep, and they stay in the pen, and they're very nice and fluffy, and then I have this one that's always doing bad things. He's always influencing the sheep in bad ways. He has this, you know, maybe he has a mohawk or something. (laughs) Maybe. And, uh, you know, if if I'm in this situation, and the sheep leaves... You know, I'm saying good riddance, like, better not come back. But and God, but God here is, is showing his heart that when this one sheep goes, he goes to this lost sheep. And when he, when he finds it, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't beat this lost sheep. He, he picks it up and he, and he carries it back. And so God often shows his heart that he's coming to people and he's showing them the value that he, that he created in them, that he has for them. We need to go to where people are. The next point I want to make is, is that Jesus really knows her. And first, first thing we see is the way that he's communicating. The, the, um, even just the question, will you give me a drink? And it leads into this, uh, this conversation about water and about living water. And it, when, uh, as, as I look into this, I can see that for her, this well is an extremely important thing. Uh, not only is it her life source and the life source of her ancestors for a thousand plus years, um, it, it's also built by Jacob. She, she makes a note of this. Um, you know, later she says, are, are you greater than our father Jacob? And, I, and, and just in thinking about this, uh, I, I, I imagine that if you're in this, her situation that you're less than a person for, uh, for a significant part of the population that lives near you, for the Jews, you're a mixed breed, you, you need to draw your value from somewhere. And so if you take it higher, she's still a son of Abraham, or a daughter, excuse me. She's still a daughter of Abraham. She's still a daughter of the promise. So as, as it appears to me, she's taking value from being uh, an ancestor of Jacob. And Jesus understands that this well is important for her, not only for her daily life source, but, but actually, I, as I can see, uh, something deeper, something, something that there's a, there's a strength in this well. There's, you know, this is something for her ancestors have, have used and, and survived on. And Jesus begins and, and, and starts communicating here. You know, he, a, a part of knowing people, um, you, you need to communicate in their language. When you know them, you can communicate in ways they understand. Often Jesus is doing this. You know, in, in, uh, in the Bible times, when Jesus was around, this was an agricultural society. People uh, had, had sheep, they had crops. Um, this was the, the normal language of the people. They understood these concepts. You know, even now, if, even with this story of the, the, the lost sheep, you know, when he's saying that I'm the good shepherd and, and I'm taking care of the sheep, I, for me, I originally, I, initially I think like, oh, I like, that could be cool. I could, I could take care of sheep. You know, they're white and fluffy and they look, they look pretty nice. Um, but as I've, I've learned from, from people who really take care of sheep, uh, sheep are not nice. They're stinky. They're really, really not smart a lot of the time. They often get themselves in trouble. They're extremely stubborn. I don't know if it sounds like, like anyone in here. Um, <laughs> pointing at myself here. <laughs> often getting myself in trouble and stubborn. <laughs> and and this, is, this is the context that Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. I love this stubborn sheep. I love this sheep who's getting himself into trouble, hurting himself, and I, I still want to care for him. And the people in this context understood that. When Jesus really knows the people that he's interacting with. He knows this woman well. 
You know, I, if we would go into the center of the, of the city, if we would go to PNL and we would stand there and we would say, you know, Jesus is the good shepherd. He cares for the sheep. It, it would have no context, no meaning. People would, would think you're, they just wouldn't understand the heart. What Jesus is saying is, is not that he knows how to take care of sheep really well. He's saying that he, he loves us. He loves even when we're stubborn and even when we're, we're dirty and we're broken. And he loves us in that point and he goes to us. And this is the, the heart of the message. And we, we, need to, we need, as a church, as a global church, we need to understand the principles, not only the, the, the words. We need to know what is Jesus' heart and he, what he's communicating. And when we're talking to people, we need to communicate Jesus' heart, not just repeat what we, what we read. I mean, the, the word is powerful, and it, it, does, it will produce fruit. But we need, we need to also understand what it's saying, actually, not just only to repeat its words. <coughs> Jesus knows this woman deeply. You know, at this point, when he, as Jesus is, as we pick it up in verse 14, he's saying, you know, whoever drinks the water I give them will never be thirsty again. Indeed, this water will, will turn into eternal life. And the woman, you know, she, the woman is still thinking physically. She says, like, oh, that would be amazing. I could get this water and I wouldn't have to go and go to this well every day and carry this, I'm sure it was a big bucket of water that she needed to carry back for the whole day. And wow, it would be such a practical support to me. And she still, is, she still doesn't quite get it. So Jesus goes a little deeper. <clears throat> you know, when he says, go and call your husband, knowing the answer to the question. She doesn't have a husband. Actually, she's had five. And the man that she's currently with is, is not her husband. And I don't know the cultural situation that well, but I can imagine that this was a source of shame for her. Uh, because she didn't, you know, she didn't say that, I, I can go get my guy or something. She said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus goes right to the heart. And the, the principle I see here is that uh, her reaction, her, her next reaction, she says, sir, I can see that you are a prophet. She, she recognizes Jesus' spiritual authority. This is applicable for us. We need people to recognize our spiritual authority. You know, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. We have the same Holy Spirit in us. The, God's word says that we will do even greater things than what Jesus did. This is not that, okay, well, Jesus just knows these things and he's just God and I can't be there. Like, we have the Holy Spirit. God has given us this gift. And we are also able to know deeply about people, more than we should know. Often when I'm, when I'm speaking with someone, um, just in, you know, whatever sort of natural opportunity we're waiting in line or where it's a friend of a friend or, or whatever, um, I'm, I'm looking for, an, I'm, I'm asking God, very simple prayer. It's not a spiritual prayer. God, help me to lead this conversation to you. God, give me, give me some door to lead this to you. I want, I want to, I, it's nice to talk about the weather, I guess, but I'd really much rather talk about you, Jesus. I'd really much rather talk about something that will have an impact on their life, that will be a, a good use of my time and a good use of theirs. Just these really simple prayers. Uh, another, another place in the Bible where I, where I see uh, clearly how important it is that people recognize our spiritual authority is in Acts 4. So Jesus' ministry has happened. He's, he died. He rose again. Pentecost has come. So they have the Holy Spirit. And, and Peter and John are out in public places. They're preaching. They're talking about this Messiah. They're um, on the streets, in the synagogues, talking about Jesus. And the religious authorities arrest them. And they bring them in, and they, 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 they scold them, you know, stop talking about Jesus. You can't talk about this message. 
And Peter and John's response is, is so strong. It, it's, there's so much authority in it that it says the religious leaders, the, these, these men who are at the very top of their cultural society, um, who are at the very top of, of the educated society, they are astonished. They're, they're shocked at the authority that these men have. And it says that the important point for me he is here that it says that they took note, the Pharisees took note that these men had spent time with Jesus. This is where we get our spiritual authority. As, as we're connected to Jesus, as we remain in him, you know, in John 15, 5, it says that remain in me and you will produce much fruit. This is where, we, where spiritual authority comes from, spending time with Jesus. Jesus answers her questions. You know, she, she, has, she recognizes that he's a person for them to speak with. He, he, she recognizes that he has spiritual authority. He's, he's a safe place. He's a man of wisdom. And he, he asks her, so she begins asking him questions like, so should we worship in Jerusalem or do we need to worship on the mountain here? What is, what is this reality? How do I worship God? How, how can I do that? You know, and he, she asks, well, I, she says, you know, well, I know that there's a Messiah coming. I know that there's, there's this person who's going to come and save us. And it, for me, I can see, as I look here, I, I see that she's, she's really searching for this. This is, this is a, a, a thing in her heart of hope that she's looking for. You know, and I think what, what we often forget, what we often don't realize is that people are really hungry. They're really searching for hope. They're really searching for someone to save them. This, this concept I said before, this secular humanism, that, just, that I can do, that I can solve the problems in the world. It's, it's such a hollow lie. How many, like, we still have so many problems. I mean, I really like to listen to the, the, the BBC World News. And all the time, I'm just hearing, you know, the, everything that's happening around the world. And, and I just think, like, how can you be a, how can you be, a, you know, someone who thinks that man is going to solve these problems? And, I, and I, as I interact with people, I, I, I see that it's just a hollow thought. They don't really th- you can't even discipline your, we can't even discipline ourselves to be on a diet. Like, we can't even do that for three weeks. Are you kidding me? We're going to solve world hunger? I mean, you know, we're going to solve that there's no more war, no more disease. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and people know it. They understand that in their heart. They know that they, they, they see the, the reality of the brokenness and the, the um, inability to, to solve the problems in their own lives, in their own hearts. You know, actually... One, one thing that's, that's so often we see is that people, they want to be a part of some cause. They want to help something. Um, but it's really, more often than not, as I've seen it, it's really just, it's an avoiding technique. I don't want to deal with the problems in here because, they're, because I don't have the, the tools to take care of them. So I'm going to go look for a problem somewhere because I, at least I can be, then I'm using my time well. And often we just avoid our own problems. Jesus answers her questions. He, he sees this hope that she's searching for, and then he tells her the truth, that I am, I am this hope that you're looking for. I am the Messiah. I'm standing here in front of you. Just to go back through, we need to know, we need to go where people are. That means you need to change your schedule. 
That means that you can't expect people to fit into your schedule. Well, I've got Tuesdays on from 6 to 8 open, uh, so they can come over that time. Or No, you need to go to them, and you need to ask them, when, when does it work for you? And you need to find people in your normal day lives, in your work, in your school, if you go to the, the gym, where, wherever, be creative. Or if you don't have a lot of places that you interact with people, then go somewhere. Go somewhere where you can talk with people. And for me, it's actually quite a challenge, personally. I work mostly with people in the church most of the time, most of my day. When I'm on tour, yeah, I get a lot of opportunities, of course. But in my day-to-day, I'm communicating with, with church leaders, and I'm working with local churches, and, and I'm more involved there. And so it's actually a challenge. I don't have a, 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 I don't have a job where there's non-Christians working with me very often. And it, so I need to be intentional. I'm, I'm always looking for things. My wife, Anya, and I are, are looking for areas where we can in, in invest, where we can, maybe we'll just go there. We, you know, we, we, learned a, we learned a dance, like Lindy Hop. Um, one, to, to get some exercise, but really just, I mean, she's still going there just to, to meet people, to engage with people, to be in a place where, where they are. Um, it's not so easy learning a dance when it's in Polish as well. Like, you know, you gotta, you say, they say right, and you're like, bravo. Oh, oh yeah, right. And then, you know, you, <laughs> you need to go where people are, and we need to change our schedule. We need to change, not be influenced by this, this uh, secular humanistic idea that everything is about us. It's not. It's not about us. We need to know people, spend time with them. You know, Jesus was eating with sinners, and the Pharisees were, what are you doing? Are you, what is wrong with you? How can you eat with, with tax collectors, with these most this hated people in our society? How can you speak with a woman and ask her for water when she's a half-breed human? Jesus was spending time with people. His response to people like that is that, I didn't come for the healthy. I'm here for the sick. And we need to have that mindset, I think, more as a, as a church globally. We I think too often we become bubbled. We, we stay in our Christian bubble, and we start using our Christian words. And they're not bad words, but if you, if you try to tell someone that God's grace is, is, is over them, that doesn't mean anything to someone who, doesn't, who didn't grow up in church. This concept of grace, it doesn't exist outside of the church. We need to learn to communicate in their language. You need to understand when... when that when you're using a word that actually doesn't have any meaning for them, and then just communicate the meaning. Don't you, don't, you don't need to use the word. You can just communicate the meaning and just speak in people's language, and we need to know them and spend time with them in order to do that. And then we need to allow God to give us opportunities to show his spirit, our spiritual authority. We are sons and daughters of the King. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us who we are able to do even greater things than Jesus did when he was on this earth. We need to really like let those truths sink in and seek them. And y- you don't have to be like some, some huge prophet or um, some powerful evangelist. You just need to ask God and spend time with him. That's, that's it. Just ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and just spend time with God. Read, un- dig into his word. What, look at what his heart is as he's in there. I'd like to give a little bit of time for just some self-reflection and just to, to let this soak in a little bit. And if, if we just hear a message and then we go, and we go home and we don't, it, if you feel truth in this message and you see, it in your, you see the truth in your life, 
and you just hear it and you think, wow, that's, that was a good message. Wow, good. And you go home and, and, and nothing changed. You, you wasted your time being here. You didn't use your time well. And it's so important that we take, when, when we really feel like God is, is putting something on you, if you are really feeling that God is putting this in your heart, it's, it's so vital that we ask him to apply it, ask him to, to, to put it, to press it in, to seal it in our hearts. So I, w- I want to just, if we could just take a few minutes here, I, I really ask you just, if you just could close your eyes and we'll just have some time of quiet. And if, if you feel like this is true, that you have had your life too focused on, your, on yourselves or too focused um, inside of the Christian bubble, it's not bad to, to spend time with believers. I'm not in any way saying that. But if you've had too much of that and, and no, nothing outside, no, no, no relationships, if you don't have any close relationships with non-believers, I think, you need to, I think you need to repent before God. I think you need to ask God to forgive you for being, for, to give, forgive us for being self-focused. And I'm not saying that it's an easy thing to, to, be, to, do, to, to be like this. I, 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 I battle with it. It's, it's a real challenge for me. I live in a country where I, people speak English, but if I want to engage in them, I have to learn their language. And it's a very hard language to learn. There are challenges for me, that I'm, and I'm working through them, and I'm not doing them perfectly. So there's no, I'm not speaking from some position of, of I'm very good at this. But this is just something I've seen in our church globally, in, in many, many churches. And I think that we need to really address this in our hearts and, and just lay it before God. So I just ask if you would just close your eyes and, and just take a few moments and just talk to God yourself. And if you feel like this truth is, is there, then, then I, would, I would challenge you to just repent before God and just ask him to forgive you and, and how to change if this, if this message is for you and if it lines up with what you hear God speaking to your heart. I just would, would challenge you to do that and just, just take a couple minutes. Just silence. if you feel like that was something that was really for you, then I really, I want to, there's a, there's a power in, in, in a physical, in physical action. And so 
on your own, I, I want, if you feel like, hey, that was, that was right, and I, I, I have been selfish in, in my, my interactions, and I have been too self-focused in my schedule and in my time, um, I, I just, you need to tell somebody after that, just after the service, tell someone who you're close with, husband, wife, um, f- close brother, sister that you're close with, and just tell them, you know, I, I, I've seen this, and I want it to change, and I, you just, it's important that we will take a physical action when we, when we, when we hear something that, that God is speaking to our heart and is seeing something that needs to change. We need to take some step. So I would just challenge you with, with that step. Just after the service, go and tell someone, hey, that was right for me, and I, I need to change my schedule, and I need to work with that. You know, this, is, this, this part is, is, you can, is for those of you who, who really know Jesus, who is your, he's your personal Savior, um, you've, you've surrendered your life to him. You've said, okay, I, I'm going to do it your way. And uh, I see that you died for me. You, you paid for all the evil things that I've done and will do. And that your, your death was that perfect sacrifice. Uh, like, like Darren was talking about, it's, we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore, w- thankfully. <laughs> we can just receive this gift from Jesus. And we can, if, if you don't know that Jesus yet, if you want to know this Jesus who comes to people, who, who knows you, who knows where you're at. He knows when you're sleeping. He, he knows when you're, when you're laying in bed at night and your phone isn't with you and you're by yourself and you feel this, this emptiness. If, if that's where you're at, if you want to know this Jesus who, who cares about you there, who's willing to speak in your language, who's willing to come to you, he's not a God who sits on a mountain and says, when you climb up, then you can come to me. He's not a, when you clean yourself up, when you get yourself nice and perfect, then you can come to me. This is not the Jesus, and this is not his character that we see in the Bible. If you want to know that, Jesus, again, I, I would just ask, just we just close our eyes as a church. Just, I, I want to just challenge you. As a, take, a, take a personal step this morning. This is a church, so everyone here is for you. I just, if we could just close our eyes. Um, just, if, you're, if you don't know Jesus in, that, in a personal, saving way, if you don't know him that way, and you want to, and you see the character of, of this Jesus. Maybe you had a misunderstanding about him. Maybe you thought he was this faraway thing. Maybe you didn't think he cared or that he was weak. This is the Jesus who, who is giving living water, who is giving life and purpose. I want to just ask you to just, just raise your hand. If, if you, this is a church, so if, if, if you can't feel safe here, you're not going to feel safe nowhere. The, the people here, they're for you. They want to encourage you. So I just ask you right now, if you feel that, that you want to know this Jesus as your personal Savior, if you want to ask him to forgive the sin that's in, that, that's in your life, if you want to take this weight off, then I just ask that with everyone's eyes closed, if you would just raise your hand and, and just take a, take a step of boldness around people who would just only want to encourage you. If you want to talk about that at all at the end of the service, me or, or Pastor Darren or any of the elders would, would love to just have a, just explain more. If you have any questions about, uh, is this really the Jesus or, or what does it mean to, to give my life and make him the Lord, make him the leader of my life? Uh, we'd, there's plenty of us here that would, that would really love to talk to you. So I'd, I'll just close us in prayer and just ask that God would, would seal whatever he wanted from this message into our hearts. Lord Jesus, thank you that 